0: Thanks for tuning in to the podcast of The Porch Church. We hope today's message blesses you and encourages you in your spiritual journey. If you have questions, visit us on the web, www.theporchchurch.tv. What I love about Christmas is the snow. What I love most about Christmas is spending time with my family and um, and Jesus' birthday. My favorite thing about Christmas is being with all my family and celebrating Jesus' birthday. My favorite thing about Christmas is Jesus' birthday because he means a lot to me. What I think Christmas is all about is God's birthday. Christmas is all about Jesus' birthday. Here's what I want you to know about that video. Those kids weren't coached. We just have that good of children's ministry in the pack. so uh, we were actually surprised. We were trying to get them to say things like presents and those kinds of things, and they weren't like, nope, uh, Jesus' birthday is what it's all about. So that's kind of cool. Uh, hey, it is Christmas right around the corner, and I just have one question for you this morning. Everyone done with their Christmas shopping? No. No. <laughs> I'd like to be honest. No, my wife had an appointment at a Park Meadows mall, and she said it was a madhouse. It was absolutely crazy. People coming in and out, finishing that last-minute shopping, which, quite frankly, I don't understand. Um, Literally everything under my tree came from Amazon. Um, Like, everything. We just wrapped the boxes. I don't even know what's in them at this point. They're just Amazon boxes, and we're all going to have a good time. I'm so bad that, like, I'll find the presents that I want to buy in the store. And then I'll go to Amazon because it's like 5% off and half a percent goes back to the school. I'm basically funding the classroom building project with my Christmas Amazon purchases, right? That's, what, that's what's happening for me. But I know that some people like the traditional store-bought, and if you said no loudly uh, that you're not done with your holiday shopping, right, stores are already starting to close. If you wanted a Chick-fil-A gift card, like, time's over. Like, you don't have any opportunity uh, to do that because they're closed on Sunday and Christmas Eve. Chick-fil-A joke's not working. Okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> Stores are closed, so if you get up and leave right now, no judgment, uh, I completely understand. Just come back and pick up your kids, please, uh, before the service is over. Maybe you can get batteries off Prime now. I don't even know what you do at this point. How about have you ever forgotten a present? Like it gets to today, and right now as I'm speaking, you're remembering the distant aunt or distant cousin, and you bought everybody matching socks for Christmas, but you forgot that one person, right? It's terrifying to have forgotten a Christmas gift, to feel like you're the one who left them out that somehow you forgot to buy somebody something for this holiday. Maybe things have gotten better for you as kids get older, right? We're at the stage now where we're not buying presents for everyone, right? Only the grandkids or our kids get presents. But nonetheless, forgetting somebody on the list is terrifying, right? Because nobody wants to be forgotten at Christmas, Nobody wants to be left behind to be left out. Christmas is about this remembering of our family and of the relationships that draw us close. Christmas needs to be remembered. It needs to be championed. Nobody wants to feel that feeling, especially At Christmas. Maybe when you were little, it was that you didn't get that Christmas present under the tree, and you thought that maybe Santa forgot. Or um, this is an obscure one, but if your family does Elf on the Shelf, um, sometimes we have a lazy elf. And uh, that's all I'm going to say in this presence this morning, right? But what if I told you, right? What if we said that Christmas, at its basic roots, at the foundational level, is actually about forgetting? See, we've been talking the last couple weeks about what is Christmas for? What's the meaning and message and purpose? And what are we supposed to be about in this time and in this season of year? We started kind of where we all do, right? That Christmas is for getting, right? It's for presents and exchanging, and that's fantastic and wonderful. And we should celebrate that because we are given the greatest gift ever in Jesus. So Christmas is fundamentally about getting, it's about what we receive. But in that reception, God also gives to us and demonstrates the example for us that Christmas is for giving, that it's forgiving of ourselves, that we've received such an overwhelming gift in Jesus that now it's our prerogative, it's our mission, it's our hope to be able to give that with others as well. And today I want to continue that idea by talking about this idea that Christmas is forgetting. One word, Christmas is forgetting. And to do that, of course, we're going to look at a classic story for from the Christmas story. Uh, so, if you brought your Bibles, I'm going to encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 will be starting in verse 25. If you didn't bring a Bible but you'd like to follow along, of course, it'll be up on the screens, but you can slip your hand up. Our ushers are walking around with Bibles. Uh, you can turn to page 483 if you want to follow along there. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. If you don't own a Bible, please just keep this. Uh, it's our gift to you. We just want you to have God's Word in your life. Otherwise, you can return it after service. And so today, of course, we're going to talk about a classical character in the Christmas story. It's one that I'm sure you're all familiar with. We're going to talk about Simeon. Y'all remember Simeon, right? There's there's Mary and Jesus. There's Joseph. Maybe uh, the three wise guys, right? Maybe he's one of them. Well, we just said last week that there probably weren't three wise men, so that's out. Simeon was a shepherd. Maybe the angel had a name. What was his name? It was Gabriel all right, I give up. Who's Simeon? We're going to talk about that maybe here in just a little bit. But before we get to Simeon, let's review some history, which is what you all came for this morning. I just know it. So, before the Christmas story starts, right, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament ends with a book by the name of Malachi, who is an Old Testament prophet. In the Bible, we just flip one page and we arrive at Matthew and the genealogy of Jesus. But in actual practicality, the time between Malachi as prophet and then Matthew as the telling of the gospel and Jesus' birth is 400 Years. These are known as the silent years because for this time in Israel's history, there was no appointed prophet, there was no appointed king, there was no temple or hierarchical system to speak of, and so it's known as these 400 silent years. And while that may not sound like a lot when we use big numbers to talk about Bible history, let me just remind you that that's more years than we have been a nation, So imagine if there was no U.S. history, no oral tradition, if nothing happened in the midst of that, we would be forgotten. We would be largely not having remembered the stories and passions that were shared. And so in this time, Israel finds itself coming off of 400 years' worth of silence, 400 years' worth of God not speaking. And Malachi and the Old Testament prophets really talk about how God's going to come and deliver Israel, how He's going to save them so that they will be His people and He will be their God. This is a theme that's woven throughout the entire Old Testament, but then it gets to a breaking point, and there's just this silent period. And so I wonder if you could go there and just reflect to say, what would it be like if there was 400 years of silence, whether that's in your faith, whether that's in just world history, but what would that do as a cultural remnant to be able to remember the promises that God had spoken? The reality is that they didn't remember them, They were largely forgotten. They were largely not remembered. They weren't largely carried on. Sure, they believed in God. Yes, they believed that eventually he would come to save them, but it wasn't immediate. It wasn't proximate. It wasn't close. It wasn't right now. It was somewhere off there somehow. Maybe it'll come true. Maybe it won't. Similar to how we would describe a fairy tale, which is maybe how people would describe our belief system anyway. But the bottom line is that at this time in this place, there was 400 years of silence. Not alone that there were 400 years of silence, but the promises that were talking about being fulfilled in Jesus are even older than that. They're at the time of Jesus's birth about 4,000 years old. And so for 4,000 years they've been building and hoping and having these promises and thinking and reflecting and having kings and priests and prophets and poets lead them along in this journey of following after a God who has promises to deliver them, to have them be his people, and eventually after 4,000 years and 400 years of silence, things just go a little bit dark, and so Israel largely forgot. They forgot who they were, they forgot who God was to them, they forgot about his promises and they found themselves kind of just going through life. The Roman occupation was happening and so they weren't even ruled by their own people, they were subjects in a larger kingdom and it was fairly bleak of a time. And here's the point that I want to make with this, that that Jesus enters into the world, that Christmas comes when it was mostly forgotten. Christmas enters into the world in the birth of Jesus at a time where the Messiah, where Jesus, where the promises were largely forgotten. And by the way, I don't just think this was the Israelites, I think this happens to us too, right? It's the end of the year, budgets are about to wrap up, we're starting new fiscal seasons, the tax year is about to close, congressional government shutdowns, and Christmas, this baby in a manger is largely forgotten, it's pushed to the side, it's an afterthought, In the hustle and bustle of gifts and presents and family plans and traveling and menus and the drama that accompanies all of that, Jesus' birth becomes it becomes an afterthought. It becomes something that's important culturally that we know we ought to do, but this is why we store Christmas ornaments for twelve months and, and come to church for one. Because we know it's important, we know it's meaningful, but in the hustle and bustle of the season, we just end up forgetting what it's all about. And this isn't to make anybody feel guilty, this is simply to acknowledge the fact, hey, we've all been there. We've all had those moments, those opportunities where the Jesus, the baby in the manger, falls to the background of what it is to celebrate Christmas. We all forget what Christmas is really about, and that's kind of the point that I want us to make today, because Christmas is all wrapped up in forgetting. But I have good news of great joy that in the midst of our forgetting, in the midst of our forgetfulness, Jesus comes anyway. Christmas comes anyway. In the midst of our forgetting about Jesus' birth and the blessing that is ours in his incarnation, Christmas comes anyway. And in the midst of a people 2,000 years ago who'd forgotten about God over 400 silent years with promises dating back to over 4,000 years, in the midst of them forgetting, one person remembered. You might have heard his name or his story before. His name is Simeon. So with that, let's jump in. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Waiting for the consolation of Israel. This is fancy rhetoric for exactly what we're talking about. He was hoping in the promises of God. He was looking forward to the deliverance of Israel, to the saving of God's people by the Lord Himself. He was looking forward to the Messiah. He was looking forward to Jesus. And we know that the Holy Spirit was on him because Matthew recognizes this in this moment. And this is noteworthy because Matthew is writing from a time when the Holy Spirit is present in him. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he then gives people who believe in him the Holy Spirit as a sign and a seal for what's to come in eternity. And so Matthew, having received Jesus, is now also full of the Holy Spirit. And as Matthew goes to gather up the story about Jesus' birth, to gather up the pieces of evidence that support who Jesus was, he comes across this story of Simeon. And as he hears the story of Simeon, he goes, this was no ordinary man. This was no ordinary place. This was a place where the Holy Spirit was working. And before Matthew, before Jesus, the Holy Spirit's working was rare. Again, it had been 400 silent years. And the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament comes at one point in one time to one person. And here we have Matthew's account that the Holy Spirit was on Simeon which is significant because Simeon who is waiting for the consolation the deliverance the revelation of God's promises has the holy spirit before Jesus before Jesus comes and before he gives it to all people Simeon was waiting for the Messiah let's read a little bit more about what that looks like verse 26 It had been revealed to him Simeon by the holy spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So not only has Simeon not forgotten, but he demonstrates what a life lived in step with the Spirit looks like. He's writing New Testament theology before it was actually New Testament theology time. He's a a precursor. He's a typecast. He's a forecaster of the future that would be revealed in you and I and in the lives of everyone since Jesus. And now that Matthew is writing, he's looking backwards and he's seeing the expression of what is currently happening in his life being fulfilled in the person of Simeon. And so what we have here is like this mini writing time loop, right? Are you with me on this? Like Matthew is writing in the future, reflecting back to Simeon, who's writing about the future of what Jesus is going to do while experiencing the Holy Spirit. Am I the only one geeking out about this? It's okay if I am, but this is like Doctor Who, Terminator kinds of time loop going on, and that's just my Merry Christmas gift to you, all right? I hope you never read the New Testament story of Jesus' birth any differently. But this is important because the Holy Spirit is working and weaving its way through all of these persons, through all of these stories. And Simeon demonstrates this amazing perspective that even though the Messiah, the deliverance of Israel, the consolation of Israel was largely forgotten, it wasn't talked about, it wasn't preached on Sundays, sure it was remembered way back in a history book somewhere, but Simeon is actively living like he knows it's going to happen. He's actively living by listening to and receiving the Holy Spirit's guidance in his life. He's living and modeling for us the way in which we ought to live by following the Holy Spirit. And what he shows us is that in the midst of Jesus, in the midst of Christmas being forgotten, that even though Christmas is forgotten, God's promises to us in Jesus are still fulfilled and we are not forgotten. Even though we forget, we are not forgotten by God. Simeon demonstrates for us that God remembers us, that he remembers his promises to us of old and that those are fulfilled in Jesus. He remembers his promise to Israel, not just from 400 years ago, but from 4,000 years ago when he promised Moses and Abraham and the original patriarchs of the Jewish faith. And generation after generation, he remembers his promises. Though we forget what Christmas is about, we are not forgotten in God. And even though our story is marked by forgetfulness, God does not forget them, All right, which is really good news for us, because I don't know about you, but I misplace things like my keys, and my phone, and the TV remote, right, things that I use on a daily basis I still have trouble keeping track of, let alone the things that I do maybe once a week, like coming to church or being in a small group and don't even get me started on birthdays, right? Like, we forget birthdays so much that they actually manufacture forgotten birthday cards, Right? Do you understand? You can go to the aisle and be like, hey, I forgot your birthday. Here's a pre manufactured card for just such an occasion, right? This is the degree to which we forget things, which means when it comes to thoughts about God and creation and who we are and who God is and who Jesus is, what our purpose in life, right? Like if we get once a week to take this time to set aside and to be able to focus on our eternity and those types of things, then then that's a blessing, really. We just don't have that much space, right? Usually, we're too busy running between appointments, getting my kids to school, forgetting to pack a lunch. We have to serve at the class party, and it's Timmy's birthday. Did we buy him a present? Doesn't matter. We'll buy him a belated birthday card, right? We just keep going and going and going. And to stop and think about God is a luxury that most of us don't have. And that's the reality, is that most people don't hate God. Some do, and that's okay. God loves them anyway. But most people don't hate God. Most people just get busy. Most people just get overwhelmed with life and with family and with kids and and we end up just accidentally almost over time by happenstance forgetting about God. Life gets hectic, work gets busy, the kids get older, they're involved in more activities and we just forget We forget to make space on the weekends, and so Sunday morning becomes the one time that we can maybe check out for half a moment. And then Christmas comes around, and we know that we ought to be in church. We know that we should be there. And so we show up, and we say, man, I want to do this more often. This needs to be a major part of my life. We're going to read our Bible, join a small group, serve more, but we end up forgetting. We don't hate God. We love Him. We love Jesus. We want to be there more for Him. Life just gets busy, and we want to be in church, but the weekends get full, and slowly, casually, accidentally, over time, we just forget. We just stop. We just forget what it is to be a part of a church. And the good news that Simeon tells us is that even though we forget about Christmas and we may forget about God in our day-to-day living, we are not forgotten by Him. God remembers us. He remembers His promises to us. He is faithful to complete them. Scripture says even that when we are unfaithful ourselves, even when we forget the promises that we've made to God, He is faithful and just because He cannot be anything other than that which He is. God is faithful to remember us even when we forget him. And it's why for things like that for us as we go through life, for little graces like easy traffic and good parking spaces, whether you're a Christ follower or not, the phrase still comes out from time to time. Well, thank God because we remember Him in those moments and in those places. Thank God that in the midst of my forgetfulness, I am not forgotten, because God sees me. He remembers His promises to me, and no matter how forgetful we become, we are remembered by God. That's the joy that we see in being remembered by God. Simeon displays it for us because as he's been waiting for the consolation of Israel, for the joy of the Lord's Messiah, it finally happens for him. He sees it, he experiences it. And like so many other characters in this Christmas story, he bursts out into a song like praise. Let's continue, verse 27. When the parents, that's Mary and Joseph, brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's mother and father marveled at what was said about him. See, it's good to be remembered at Christmas, like an unexpected gift under the tree, like the gift that maybe you thought was too expensive, but your parents got it for you anyway, the gift that was too perfect, that communicated exactly what you need. God remembers us. He remembers Simeon, and it's like that kind of joy and exuberation that we're remembered and not forgotten by God. And this is perhaps one of the gifts that Simeon clues us into that God gives us in Jesus. Not only that we aren't forgotten, but that God remembers his promises to us. He remembers us he remembers his plan not to count our sins against us he remembered that the point is unity with him and that that was always the plan and that no matter how much we mess it up he remembered to separate our sins as far as the east is from the west if we could say it creatively we might say that he remembered to forget in Jesus in Christmas what Simeon reminds us is that God in Jesus remembered to forget to forget our wrongs, to forget and forgive our shortcomings, to forgive us the gift that we didn't deserve, Jesus paying the price. And in a world where we're so often accused of forgetting our heads if it weren't attached, God is the one who remembers. God is the one who makes true on his promises of grace and mercy and goodness. He remembers us and his promise to forgive. Simeon demonstrates this reality for us. Verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Even though in remembering his promise, God knew that it would cost everything in Jesus. The pain that he would endure. And Simeon prophesied this to Mary, Jesus' mother, that a sword will pierce her own soul. The kind of pain that only the mother of a son can experience. Christmas is about forgetting. Because in Jesus, our sins are forgotten, they're wiped away, and even though we forget about God and his promises, God is faithful to remember his promises that he made to us. And because we are remembered and our sins are forgotten, we now receive that grace in a new way to be able to forget our past mistakes ourselves. Paul says it better than I ever could in Philippians chapter 3. Paul says not that I've already obtained all this or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not yet consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul clues us in to the gift that since our sins are forgotten, we also have the grace to forget our past mistakes as well, that there's nothing hindering us from pursuing the goals that God has in front front of us, which is why we can stand here and boldly proclaim that Christmas is about forgetting. Hopefully, not about forgetting presents under the tree or forgetting Aunt Mary in the gift giving. Hopefully, we can say that it's about God forgetting our wrongs and our trespasses, but remembering His promise. Hopefully, we can say that we've been called according to His purposes. And for that reason, we can forget our past mistakes so that we can press on to what Jesus has called us to. Christmas is about a cleansing and a healing and a making right with God. And in Him, we can not only be forgiven but our sins can be forgotten. Sometimes we're the ones that are holding the ropes there. And so today as we close, I just want to ask you two questions for you to reflect on. Maybe take these home with you, talk about them, think about them as you go through Christmas. But my first one is this, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? What have you not forgotten about the past? What are you still holding on to? What are you still clinging to? Because if you're holding on to what's in the past, you can't grab for what's ahead of you. This is why Paul says that I forget what's behind me. This is why in Jesus our sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. What do you need to forget about? To let sleeping dogs lie, to let the forgiveness of Jesus not only be a reality from God to you, but from you to the people in your life and the people around you. Where do you need to stop holding on and to allow the healing, forgetting power of Christmas come into your life. Similarly, we have to be looking forward to what's ahead. So the second question for you to consider this Christmas, what are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? What are those things that God has called you to? It does us no good to forget our past if we don't know the hope and the future to which we are called and delivered in Jesus. God can forget our sins day in and day out for the rest of eternity, but until we accomplish that thing for which he has called us to, we'll continually find ourselves struggling with forgetting the past. Instead, let's release those past things and let's pursue what God has called us to. And in that pursuit, in that cleansing and healing and wholeness and future, let's find the true meaning of what Jesus has created us for. It's not to hold our sins against us. It's to call us into a new reality. So that's my prayer for you this Christmas, that Christmas would be about forgetting. Forgetting and forgiving yourself, forgetting and forgiving your sins in Jesus, and that God no longer holds those things against you. You're forgiven and your sins are forgotten, and there is cleansing and healing and wholeness available in Jesus. going to invite the band to come up, and I'm just going to pray with you quick as they do. We'll sing one more song here, but I want to draw your attention to those questions. This Christmas, this season, before we start 2019 on fresh footing, on new snow, as it were, what do you need to forget? What do you need to let go of? What are you holding on to? And in the midst of that conversation, what do you need to pursue as you follow Jesus? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we know and we understand that Christmas is about getting. God, we get so much in Jesus, and we're tremendously grateful. God, we're so grateful that this is why we give. It's why we give of ourselves to our friends and our family and the people around us, because we've been given so much. How can we not pour out of that blessing? God, I also ask and pray that you would seal this message of forgetting in our hearts that while we may forget about you, while we may forget about our promises to you, God, you never forget us. You are always faithful to remember your promises and you've forgotten our sins and our trespasses as far as the east is from the west. And so, God, would you give us your perspective to our own lives, the ability to forget our past mistakes and to press on towards our future in you to pursue that which you've called us to. Jesus, I pray that you would teach us that Christmas is about forgetting. Forgetting what's behind us, pressing on towards what's ahead and towards new and fresh starts in you. Heavenly Father, help us to remember your promises to us and that that's what Christmas is all about. And as we celebrate you, not only today and not only tomorrow and not only on Christmas Day and even through Christmas break, God, but that you would give us the divine perspective to remember you as you remember us throughout this year, every moment of every day of every week. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. It is in the strong and mighty name of Jesus by which, we are, by which our sins are forgotten, and we are remembered in the power of your Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in the hearts and minds of all believers. And all God's kids agreed together and said... Guide us to thy, guide us to thy, guide us to thy perfect life. We three kings of all we are, bearing gifts we travel so far.